0: Hello and welcome to the Match Day Northwest podcast. I'm Josh Dawson. And I'm Jack Goodwin. And we'll be your hosts today. Uh, to get our series of podcasts back underway, we'll be joined by former Fleetwood Town midfielder, Anthony Sarcevic, who is currently playing at Plymouth Argyle. How are you, Anthony?
1: Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, lads. How are you?
0: Oh, good, thanks. So, how have you been keeping busy during lockdown? Like I said, she's uh, just a minute ago.
1: I've got, I've got two little ones, you know, who, who run me raggy. Every day, and then um, on top of that, just you know, I know the season's done, but we sort of it's this day and age we keep on top of fitness regularly anyway. Now, so just keeping myself ticking over and, and uh, getting myself out on the golf course as much as I can.
0: So, what's a typical lockdown day like for you now? Well, 24 hour dad, I
1: think, at the minute. My missus, my missus, into uh, in thinking this lockdown's too bad because I've been, been on hands on being a dad, so yeah. <laughs> Most of that. And then, like I said, obviously there's some days where the golf now being open, I've, I've managed to get a couple rounds in the golf as well.
2: Um, Anthony, moving on to your football career and in particular uh, your time at Fleetwood, you signed for Fleetwood back in 2013 from Chester and obviously played a crucial part in a historic season for the club. But what was it like originally from making the step up from the Conference North to League Two football?
1: Yeah, man. I sort of it was my probably my well I say it was my first step. I obviously got the uh, the crew move, which was too early for me. I was I was still I was still young and never really got the opportunity. So I do class Fleetwood as my first um, taste of league. And do you know what? It's funny enough. It's, it's it is mad because I think confidence was a massive thing for me then. So I'd just come off the back of an unbelievable season with Chester. Um, went as soon as the season finished there we obviously won the league comfortably and I picked up a few accolades and I went away with England C, um for a week and then literally two days after that I got a phone call saying that you know Fleetwood you know it's all done and I'm getting a move there so like I said it was just I think it wasn't something I thought about it was just like oh amazing you know I have got my move and it just sort of stemmed like there was no thought but I sort of was just like I didn't have a lot of care I just thought you know what I'm playing football. And then obviously as it progressed in the football, like the professional side of it, year, year, year by year, and obviously in the promotion, then things started to like, I started to think more about football. Whereas when I got the move, it was just sort of a bit of fresh air. And I just thought, you know what, like, and confidence is a massive thing. And I just think it stemmed into that, into that first year at Fleetwood.
0: So you played alongside the experienced Stephen Schumacher that season and um, what kind of relationship did you have with him and how did that benefit you as a young footballer
1: yeah she was a massive help like obviously we still speak about them days now obviously he's his as assistant um to be fair that like going into that year it was it was a brand new squad really if you look back um graham alexander obviously at the time basically made a massive overall of the squad from the year before you know he got rid of a lot of players and I'm sure there was about eight to ten new signings if you can think of the top of my head. So it was a it was a brand new squad, which, you know, I thought really helped because I think, you know, all the lads sort of come together. And then on top of that, like you said, I had I had Shui behind me, who you play with, you know, day and day out, who's been there and done it and and was a massive help alongside you look at the team we had. You had Mark Roberts, we had Scotty Davis in there, Pondy, all like lads who who were top top lads and were only good for me going forward and and uh, helped me a lot in that year definitely. Yeah.
2: So you you had quite a, an experienced squad, but had Graham Alexander who was in his first job because a slightly inexperienced manager. But what was it like working for him?
1: Yeah, to to be honest, that obviously I can't fault anything. That first year probably bad. This year with Plymouth. probably the best obviously year I've I've had in professional football. Um, you know, he, he signed me, they, you know, they, they, they put a lot of trust in me. I was only 21 at the time, but he had a lot of trust in me and I sort of repaid that and, and you know, we had a good relationship,
0: definitely. At what point in the season did you realise that you had a good chance of getting promotion? How did you stay focused and stop yourselves getting carried away?
1: Um, I don't... It's an hard one, that, because I think we was always tipped as a team to be up there. From the start of the year, obviously people branded us having the money and stuff. And I f- I remember that, th- like the couple games in, we had Chesterfield at home when we drew one all. And I thought from there, I thought, you know, we, we've got a real good chance here because they were obviously had a great team that year. And throughout the season, I think we just, you know, we just knew with the side we had and um, and the, the games we were winning. I just thought there's, there's a definite chance we could get promoted here, 100%.
2: And when it came to the playoffs, obviously you ended up finishing just inside the playoffs. How did you prepare for the games against York and the final against Burton?
1: Yeah, so I think we found out, I think, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, there was a game I think we had to win at home and I don't think we did and then I think that cemented our uh, playoff places and then we obviously had Chesterfield away last game and he made a lot of changes for it and then obviously played the team team that sort of played the season for the first leg and it got called off didn't it if you remember mm. we got so we got there and it was like we were all looking at the pitch like there's no chance and we had to go back and then we we went back again like a day later so it was a bit of all that like up in the air but it was something I think it was an excitement for us all obviously for me it was exciting it's so on telly you know everyone's watching it's a big thing it's the playoffs. so for me it was exciting it was my first taste of it and and uh now I loved every bit of it man
0: do you remember everyone coming on the pitch at the end when you knew you're going to yeah. Wembley? All the fans are on the pitch. No, because funnily enough, the, obviously the final
1: gets shown a lot on Sky, doesn't it? it gets replayed. Really yeah. yeah. Funnily enough, the other night I was watching the York games back, and on the second leg, I think it's like I got brought off because I remember, I, I never knew this, but I watched it back and the commentary was saying I had a chance to get, you know, sent off. At the time, I thought no chance, but I'd been booked in the game. And I think I made a, a challenge and the commentators were going, oh, he needs to watch himself here. And, and then I think they managed, like the gaffer then, ended up bringing me off around 77, 78 minutes. So when that pitch invasion happened, I just got in. I just ran off into the, into the tunnel. Um, and then obviously they come in and then they said, oh, it's all right for you to go out now. And then when it all, like, the security guards and stuff, like, sort of buried it off a bit, we all went back out again to the fans.
2: What What's the feeling like when you're... Because obviously you you go into Wembley and you've won in the semi-finals, but you've still got such a big match ahead of you. But yeah. you also you, it, it's like you, all the fans come on and you're celebrating like you've got promoted, but yeah. you've still got the big match to get there. What, what's the feeling like?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, percent. You're, you're completely right. It was um, it was like it, it's an unfinished job. It's obviously like the first leg we sort of used it as, and then obviously. It, as soon as the, that final so whistle went, when we went back in, you know the lads and the manager, all the experienced lads we were like, listen, it's not done yet, um, enjoy this as much as you can, but we've got a big game ahead, so we, I think it was then like a week, on it, or maybe about, maybe a bit longer, so obviously we, cha- we trained, and then we went to Wembley about three days before the game, or two days, so we travelled down, we trained at QPR, um, and we sort of cemented us down in London for a couple of days, and then... And then got ourselves ready for the for the big one, yeah.
0: So at half time of the final, it was obviously nil-nil before you scored the winner. What was the atmosphere in the dressing room like? And what did Alexander say at the break? Because it was a very tight first yeah. half. It was a cagey match.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Burton were, were that type of team that year. Obviously they were like four four two. We were just like a strong team. Um and we knew that they they, they they play. To be fair, in their like playoff date, theirs was quite eventful. Like it was about I can't remember what score finished South End, But when we come into our game, they sort of like I think they were just basically wanting to stop us rather than trying to go for it themselves. So half-time, he basically just said, "Keep doing what we're doing. You know, we're going to get a chance, um, and and just make sure that you know we stay in the game, and then a chance will come." And we just keep kept professional and and obviously like you know, as 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 people say, like as lucky as it was, you know, that, that, that free kick, you know, won us the game.
0: Was it a cross or a shot?
1: Cross. i have played that all day. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you should what? have played it. Yeah. I know, yeah. I
0: know. Well Nathan Pond, well there's an ongoing debate amongst fans and Nathan Pond himself about that goal. Have you seen it?
1: Yeah. Don't get me started. Pond did <laughs> But he does it to wind me up. He does. He's done it from the the day we got back in the change room about that goal. He says he got a touch. I've watched it a million times, and he did not get a touch on that. Ball. No <laughs> chance. There's little
0: touches from the keeper, if anything.
1: I think He's the keeper in it because he hits it, and then he, that's where it just gets to the side netting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, he's nowhere near it, is he?
1: Yeah, don't don't worry. He's, he's doing it to wind me up.
2: Um, obviously, um, I think Josh, you've got the the video of the goal, haven't you? Yeah,
1: I yeah. am. Do you want to talk so, us through it? So obviously, Josh gets hacked down, doesn't he? When we're oh. on a break, but that's what I was saying about the Burton. Like, I think that's what they were set up in the game. I just think they were set up to frustrate us and, you know, sort of break up any sort of play we could get or any momentum. And seeing like Josh gets hacked as he's trying to break away. Yeah, so there it is. He gets sacked, and at this point as well, Parky's just come on as well, hasn't he? We've got a, a a big, strong couple of lads up in that box, and it's just one of them, you know. I said it. I said it now, like when people ask me like used, and I just, it's just one of them at the time. It's it's an opportunity, isn't it? You know, get the ball in the box, and obviously Pondy there has just hurled himself, put the keeper off, and you see the keeper jumps and he sort of hits it. And that's when he nearly it's wide, but obviously, fortunately, he just goes into the side netting. And, and then obviously, where I'm, I'm like blowing the kisses. Obviously, our family were all there, and to me, that that meant more than anything. Just you know, having my mum, my mum and dad, and, and my missus at the time in, in the crowd, which was they were in the um, in the executive bit that we got tickets for for family, and then obviously I had all my my other family and my all my, my, all my mates and stuff from back home. They were sat where the Fleetwood fans were sat. So it was, it was it was an unbelievable day. Unbelievable. Is
2: that very important to you, creating those sort of memories oh, and moments for your family?
1: Million percent. Like, obviously, I don't. know If you see it on my Twitter about the shirts of just auction from the Plymouth like, and I was saying them per they're so personal for us as players. Like, you know, promotions don't come round every year. You don't get promoted every year. You don't go through them feelings every year. So the memories and a big thing to me. I said it to Missy the other day. Like, I could have retired after that. For me that was a massive thing, like my mum and dad have at the the Pinnacle of Football Wembley Stadium, they've watched the Sun score a winning goal. I know it's League Two and playoff and people might think that, but for me, like, you know, it's my first year and I thought, could it can it get any better than this? So, no, honestly the memories, like you said, uh, just having them with my friends and stuff, you know, it's something we can talk about for years to come, which is is amazing.
2: And you touch on that you kind of you got to the real high point, obviously getting promoted. The yeah. next season didn't start as well as maybe you would have expected, and after ten games, uh, Graham Alexander was sacked as manager at the end of September. Um, how did you find out about the sacking, and, and do you think it was slightly harsh?
1: Um, like there's things like I'd love to go into about like personally for me, like going into that year and stuff. I, obviously, I'm not gonna like bore you to to death, but there is. People as fans don't see obviously what goes on behind the scenes. So going into that season was quite difficult with things I've I was got told going into the season, blah blah blah. And then like you said, we it was Gillingham away, won it? We got I think we got battered like
0: five. Uh yeah, it was a heavy defeat. I think it was five one. Yeah, I
1: think you know, I just think going into that season, it was just I don't know, it, obviously the third year we had in the group and stuff, I just thought, you know and then it just sort of I don't know, a little, a little change to things and you could feel it, you could sense it and Things just weren't right and stuff like that, and and then obviously you've got the sack. and we, we played Gillingham and then obviously we travelled back, and then on, I think we went in on the Sunday. I think we got a text saying that he wants to see us. So obviously we all got we got an idea, and where we all went to training ground, and and uh, Alexander and Macetti, like like the, the professionals and stuff that they are, they they pulled us, and you know they told us. And they were just, you know, they were great. Not like great, I mean, they were just like, you know, they didn't have any bitterness or they didn't blame or whatever. They just said, I can't pass parcel football results haven't been great. And, and that was that. And for me, you know, it was a bit tough, like, um, and obviously other lads, but for me, like, he was my first year and he was the manager that gave me a chance. So, you know, it was a bit, a bit hard for me to, to, for that to happen. But like I said, it's football.
0: So, Stephen Presley came in on a deal until the end of the season. With the primary objective to keep Fleetwood in League One, what did you make of that appointment then? Um it's just one of
1: them, like like I said, I was twenty-two then at the time. I'm still, you know, I'm still a young puppet at, at the time, so I'm just sort of going as it comes, whatever's thrown at us, you know, get on with it. And then um, obviously he's come in and got a totally different way of coaching, the way of being around the lads, and and obviously for me it's a bit of like, right got to get used to this now and he came in and just basically he was he was to the point he was he was hard with his sessions you know double sessions a lot of the times and stuff like that and and but i think he had that pressure doing it like you said of
0: keeping us in the league so he had to do what he had to do to keep us in the league which he did what did you make of the short term contract does that possibly play on a player's mind knowing that he might only be there until the end of the season
1: um, no, not really. No, it's it's it do not really phase us, it's just one of them. Like, you know, we just have to, you know, he's pl- he implemented plans to us, and we've got to, you know, go with it and you know, try and do the best we can when it comes to Saturday to get the, to get the wins. And Anthony, you left
2: at the end of that season to join yeah. Shrewsbury on a free transfer despite playing regular football. I believe you played 39 league games actually for Fleetwood that season. Um,
1: what was What was part of the reason for why you did move? Again, like you know, I'd love to, you know, have a, I'd love to, like, speak about my career from that because, without going into it much, I had like a a big conversation the day with I can't remember it might have been someone I can't remember. I feel like from that second year at Fleetwood, I feel like three or four years of my career have just been a bit wasted, and it's, Mm. it's I can't go into it. It's things that happen, but at the end of that year. I sat down with Steve, the president. I said, "I said I think it's like time for me to go." You know, um, right now, you know Fleetwood are going somewhere. and I, Right now, my head's just a bit thingy, and then things just happen too quickly. And and I don't disrespect bit in any way, shape, or form. I don't have anything bad to say about them. But it was a move that shouldn't really have happened. I wasn't right in in my headspace to think about anything and I got sort of rushed into a move that shouldn't really have happened and and then obviously that's why I left in December because just things weren't right and I could go on into it all day but went to Shrewsbury that shouldn't have happened and and basically the six months there were really hard really tough and and then I mutually agreed to 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 release my contracts from there in December Um, and then that was that. So you're now at Plymouth
0: when you joined in 2017 What was it like moving to the end of the country then? Did it take time to settle in? No, this again
1: goes into that, like, you know, I left Shrewsbury and I just had my first, my first boy, my little boy, he was born, like, 10th of December and I left Shrewsbury, like, around that time Um, and I sort of had the feeling like, you know, this could be it, I thought, you know, I might actually just leave football because it was affecting me in a bit of a negative way and stuff and I... And I thought that I think that's me, you know, I've just had my little boy, I'm just like pressures of football away and I was just enjoying my life, sort of thing. And then I thought I was gonna to come to that sort of decision, like, you know, this isn't for me anymore. And then it got to like I think I'd been off about six, seven weeks at this point, and you know, I was probably driving my missus insane and stuff like that. And and um I had a bit of finger with an agent and blah, blah, blah. And it was towards the end of January I got a I got a call and uh it was from another agent and he, he was like, listen, you know, what's going on? And I told him, he was like, listen, you know, you can't, you, you're 24, 25, like what, you, you I don't know what you're saying, you know, you, you're a good footballer, you know, you've got many years ahead of you, let me just, let me just prove it to you. So I think that was just the thing I needed, a little like, bit of confidence back, like I said, in that first year and, I said, okay. And then he came back and he had a fair few clubs who said, you know, we're interested. And he was like, well, Plymouth's one of them. And I just thought at the time, I thought, do you know what? Like, you know, maybe a move with my missus and, you know, my newborn baby might do me the world of good. So, and they were sitting like third at the time, I think. And I thought, you know, Plymouth's a great club. I played there when we played them in Fleetwood in that year. We got promoted. And I thought, you know, 10,000 fans at least every week thought, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. So, yeah, so I went and uh, tried something completely new and went to Plymouth. And are you back enjoying your football now? It's been the best. But Obviously, last year was a relegation year, but the year before that, we finished seventh in League One. I'd class that year like was starting to get into it. Last year was tough, but then this year's it's just—it's just been like it's—it's it's up there definitely with that first year at Fleetwood. Where I, you know I look back and think I'm so glad you know that I made that decision because this year's just gone as good as I, I ever thought.
0: So there was a managerial change at the start of the season. Ryan Lowe came in, and now you're in a very strong position to be back playing League One football next season. For those listening that don't know, Plymouth sit in third place in the automatic promotion places on 68 points, just a point off first place behind Crewe and Swindon. So how has he come in and changed the mood around the place then, and what has he changed at the club? He just—he's
1: all ethos, like he's brought a great like management staff within that. I think he's just picked the place up. You know, we had a tough year; the manager went, and I think it's just something that you know just lifted everyone and a he came in and you know, he, as you see as as when he's on telling stuff, he's a bit, he's a breath of fresh air. He just you know, he he just is truthful, he's honest, and and uh, you know, he just gives a massive lift to the place. Really, that's all I can say. And in you mentioned that Ryan Lowe's been on
2: TV. Obviously, he's been on EFL on Quest, but there was a bit of a Sky Sports thing in the summer where they were looking at Ryan yeah. Lowe and Plymouth. Yeah, what was yeah. that like? Obviously, it wasn't to the extent of maybe Sunderland players that have had the documentary and stuff. But what was it like having the sky cameras around you the place? Wouldn't
1: have, wouldn't have even known, you know. Like, obviously, I've seen that back, and like, you think like you wouldn't have even known there were cameras there. They were, they were quite like they weren't right right in your face. And uh, obviously, watching it back, it, it's good. I, you know, I thought it was good, and it just shows it gives the fans a bit of a glimpse into you know what goes on in the change room and training pitch and stuff like that. And I think. I think it's good for, for everyone, really. Um, you know, as fans feel like you yourselves, you know, you'd love to see more of what goes on.
0: Definitely. So, do you see any similarities between the Fleetwood promotion challenging side to the current Plymouth one?
1: Um, No, I think the two completely different sides. I think the Fleetwood one was just, like you said, we had a, a mixture of everything, whereas this Plymouth one, he sort of brought a lot of his successful Berry team. Kept sort of a few of the core of last year at Plymouth and just sort of like integrate it all. And just, I think it's not as it's not an, an old team, you know, we're all sort of 20s and and we all had the same like mentality of what we want to get like, especially the Berry lads and the manager as well. He's like, you know, I've just been put to League One, I want to do it again. And I think we all just built into it and I think it is, a, it, is, it is a lot different, definitely, to the Fleetwood promotion, yeah. And you've um. A lot
2: of Plymouth fans uh, going through their forums and stuff would say you have been one of their better players this season. Yeah. Um, another player that's done really well this season is Luke Jeffcott. Yeah. Uh, seven goals in 13 games. Um, obviously, he's a young talent that's quite highly regarded. How far do you think he can go?
1: He could go. He could go very far. You, you know what you think you need to... The like, thing of young lads now is it's, it's how far they want to go. That's how I see it is. It's down to them, you know, like the manager can blow smoke up the backside as much as they want, but at the end of the day, it's how far they want to go And He come he come on loan from he went on loan to Truro, came back, gaffer threw him straight in, he said, listen, and this is what I mean about Ryan Lowe, he's honest. He sent Jeff Cott out at the start of the year, said score me ten goals, did that, came back, put him straight in the team. Put him straight in the team, he scored two eight. eight at for." And obviously at the time, like it's, you know, it's a bit of a tough, tough away fixture that you know going away to Scunthorpe, and he, he just like, he was like nothing to it. And again, I think a confidence thing. He's just gone and carried it on throughout the season. So yeah, I, th- I think he's got a good, good future, and he's got a good, good manager that'll help him.
0: If the season doesn't continue, and it's looking lightly at the moment. Um, you'd remain in third place on unweighted points per game with a point average of one point eight four. So, you'd be back in the third tier of English football. What is the ideal outcome for you? Do you want it to continue or would you be happy with things as they are? It's a tough one that
1: obviously I'd, I'd take it now we get promoted, but the feeling we had as a squad, we wanted to go for, for, the, for the top spot. I think, you know, the top three teams there stood out all year. I think it was out of the three, going to get it. I think there's one point in it. Um, we would have definitely looked for the top spot, but. but if worst case scenario, they stop it now and get promoted. It's, it's after day, it. It's another promotion on your CV. It's, it's
0: great. What do you think about Fleetwood? Do you think they can make it to the championship? Hundred percent.
1: I, I, listen, I, I keep on keep track of Fleetwood. Like I don't think there's anyone there that from win there, but it's, it's a club that's close to me. And you know, I, I still keep on top. And I think you know what what Joey Bar is doing. And, and the, I think are they a are fourth? The fourth aren't they?
0: Uh, fifth, they are. They'll end up finishing
1: six on her, points per game. But in that league, you know, I think that's one of the toughest leagues you take that, and I think in the playoffs again, the way that Fleetwood were going, I think they were unbeaten, weren't they? In, in however many games, I yeah. Think they, they'd be the side that a lot of clubs would not want to won't want to go and play. So I think hundred percent they've got. So I think I don't know what the thing is with League One at the minute. It's that's the that's the league that's you know a bit of confusion at the minute. But obviously, if it goes then and the players go ahead, then. I think Fleetwood have got a right up there, definitely.
2: Yeah, and, and the thing with League One is there's seven or eight teams that are all up there that have all been in the top spots this season um, and there's a bit of a gulf between the top sides and the bottom sides. If you do end up going up as uh, with Plymouth, um, do you
1: think you can push on towards the top, the top spots? I think it's one of them. I think you get promoted from League Two and I think you can't take the league lightly, League One, especially, you know, some of the clubs that are in it now, it's frightening, isn't it? Um, how big they are and the finance they've got behind them. So I think if we, we get, we got, obviously, if it does happen, we go, you, you've got to have a, a, a right, right go to, to want to push on. You can't, I don't think you can go into it half heartedly. I really don't, because, you know, it could, by Christmas, you could be really up against it. So I think if we do, I think he's got to have a right go, definitely.
0: What does the future look like for you then as a player?
1: Well, I'm up I'm up in the summer. Um I'm out of contract, so it's one of them. I think right now everyone's in the same boat. No one everyone's a bit confused, everyone don't know finance wise. I think there's a salary cap supposedly happening and on each league and it's just it's just a m a mad time at the minute, in it, for football. I yeah. think it's crazy, I think So, as frustrating as it is, because I'm I'm here every day, you know, obviously pre-season might happen around July, so it's not far away. So, you know, I think footballers, I can't remember what it said. I think it went Joey was on the podcast. I think he said there's about 1,400 players out of contract in the EFL. Obviously, me being one of them. So, you know, it's scary times if you think about it that way. But, you know, I'm positive. I hope something, something positive happens. And that's how I've got to think, really.
0: Well, you have been on fire this season, so hopefully there'll be a new deal coming your way soon. So that is all we've got time for on this week's podcast. Thank you to Anthony for joining us. Be sure to join us again next week, where we're joined by another former Fleetwood Town midfielder, who is now having his first taste of management. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at matchday__media__ to stay updated, or alternatively, you can find us on Facebook. I've been your host, Josh Dawson.
2: And I've been Jack Goodwin.
0: Thanks for listening.